This is professional radio, gentlemen. That's front wheel drive. Sorry, have you got anyone you want to thank? Just myself. And now we do the after hours. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, what would you go for? Thanks to your Okay, and because it's not a supercar. It is. It's not. Automotive perfection comes in the form of two letters, A and U. Long live my LTD. Welcome to Car Talk. It's Tuesday night here in 98.9 Northwest FM. It's me, Matty J, in studio with Chad, online with Mr. David Prince, Scotty Doe Johnson, and Alam Deep Singh. How are you, gentlemen? Good, good. good. Happy to be here. Good to see Doing all well. your... Thank you very much. Good to see you, Scotty. Good to see your lovely faces, gentlemen. Well, we started a while ago, you know, Wheels Carry of the Year, which which we which we didn't quite finish. So uh, we're going to do from the year two thousand onwards uh, this um, this time around, um, which which will be really really good. Um, but let's get into some updates with you guys. How are you all traveling? Are your car updates? You know the usual. Let's get straight into it. Let's start with Chad. Chad, what's happening with you, dude? Um, what is happening? Uh, I picked up the Civic today from Geelong. All oh, right, the cage is done. Nice, done. Nice. Uh, turned out beautiful. It's uh, it's um powder coated in like satin black. It looks amazing. So that they put it in, they fit it. They put it in. Wow. And then they took it out and sent it to the powder coaters. Yeah. And then it just finished today. And then they chucked it back and for me. I uh, took an old uh, V line down there and yeah. um, picked it up, and yeah, yeah, it's um, it's noticeably slower oh, because of the way. <laughs> but it definitely, I can definitely already just driving on the road, you can feel the stiffness in the rear. Like, oh, really? It's, it's already sort of like wants to turn in even harder. Yeah, and um, which is awesome. Yeah, it's it it feels really good so far. Is that a bolting cage or a weld-in? It's a bolt-in. Yeah. Okay. I went for a bolt-in just in case. Yeah. Got, you know, messed around or whatever yeah. with uh, Mexican state police. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, that that's awesome. Um, I literally just drove it home and then I'm, I'm here now. So <laughs> I haven't had a chance to do anything else with it. <laughs> Um and so uh, so it feel, is it noisy or anything or is it not no no, no? not really they've they've kept the interior in so oh perfect just kind of gone around the interior. the seats around the seats yeah, yeah yeah they've you know done minimal trimming can you still use the back seat <clears throat> yeah for uh, someone without a uh, lower half um what else uh yeah I uh went ahead and put uh, my LSD into my Sylvia last week mm-hmm. and I employed the help of uh, one Mr. Manager. Um, so nice. that was good. I just, I just rented a hoist out in Ravenhall just that I found or like a listing on Marketplace. And uh, yeah, the guy said, come, come on down and just give me some cash and use the hoist for the whole day. So yeah, uh, fought me a little bit at the start, but um we we got through it maddie came in and um bolted it all up and double triple checked all the nuts for me uh and yeah it feels awesome uh is I, I would say there's even less knocking from the rear end yes yeah yeah from the rear end from the previous if i had in it and um yeah no it's that feels awesome i haven't um been down to mexico yet though to um test out the the ls the, the, yeah the um the abilities <laughs> But hoping, uh, yeah, we'll, um, you know, it'll solve my sort of traction issues. Yeah, nice. Um, no, it's been, so that's kind of it. 
I think, yeah, there's, there's uh, yeah, just a little bit on this week. Um, yeah, uh, that's it for me. No, good update. I'm going to just say the, the hoist rental thing, that seems like a pretty cool um, little idea that obviously there are some things you do want to get a car up on a hoist. Definitely not everyone has a hoist, so being able to rent one of those once in a while. I think there was a business a little while back that tried to do that way, to have the tools and stuff, and you just come mm-hmm. to the workshop with your own car. I don't think that worked out too well. I'm assuming this is more like a, a workshop deal where the person just, I guess, lends you one of their workshop hoists. Yeah, that was it. That was just um, – so a guy had a workshop. He, like, builds mechanical furniture. He actually builds coffee tables out of V8, like LS engines, like – you know, <laughs> pretty cool commission it was it was nuts like, yeah it was, yeah, it was a it really was... cool setup and he just did all sorts of shit like yeah <laughs> and um he like you know bolted turbos to the side and kind of he, he just makes whatever you want and uh he's like i don't use the hoist and uh but there is one in the shop and he goes um yeah welcome to use it and he makes a little bit of money i don't have to get on uh, your back around <laughs> on my back on the floor of a cold garage and um, yeah, no, it was really good. It was win-win, huge hand. Yeah, yeah no, it, it was it was really, it was a really cool setup. Like he just had quite literally engine blocks everywhere, waiting to be made into coffee tables. It was pretty sick. Yeah, it was really cool. I feel like it was he's like pinpointed the right uh, like you know car head market yeah. for that. Hundred percent. Yeah, it was really cool. Did he have like a C three PO at the back of the of the? Things? Yeah, it was, it was it was like a random C three PO that was like a full life size. You know. Uh, Star Wars character, yeah, and I, I, like made it out of bits of metal and painted. Yeah, he, like, he was really handy. He was it, really good. Metal, yeah, and welding, it was awesome. Uh, but yeah, it was it was um it was good. It's good to see how easy the different and it was like Lego. Like it was quite yeah. literally Lego. Yeah. yeah, old one came out, and new one went went in like into the same bolt in. Uh, you know, like bolts up the same way. Yeah. And, um. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Everything worked out. Which is quite crazy because like it's a massive um. It was it, it's it's a massive difference in size to the to the original yeah. diff you took out. So like it was like I had to say it was at least fifteen kilos heavier. Well, than my old one. Yeah. Well, I mean it looked more beefier anyway. Yeah. So and it was like size of two. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it, package wise, it all sits as yeah. it should, like the old one. Yeah. And luckily, like my exhaust and stuff cleared it, which was you know awesome. Which it should. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it all worked out. <laughs> no, nice. No, it's. Good to see it on the road. David Prince, updates with you. Updates with me. I uh, had a brilliant day for, oh, for last Friday morning, it was, where I met up with uh, a mate who was a Fiat 500, and we had a little bit of a uh, mano a mano uh, face-off between the, uh, I think there was less than, less than a litre of engine capacity between the two cars. <laughs> but uh, it was so much fun. We just uh, just laughed and laughed the whole time. So comparing a um, well, the P500 came out in 1959. His was a 72 model, one of the very last ones, and my car came out in 67, and mine was a 70 model. So yeah, they were, would have been in the showrooms at the same time. Both tiny little two-cylinder air-cooled cars would not be more different in 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 application or the way they drive or anything. So it was it was quite enlightening to. Uh, to see, I mean, one one was rear wheel drive, rear engine. One was front wheel drive, front engine. One had more torque than the other. One wanted to rev its absolute head off. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. Very interesting. So I put some photos up um, if people are interested. And they, uh, yeah, it was it was a, a great morning. It was a great morning. We 
we've talked about getting them together for years. His parents actually had a scam in New Zealand New. And, oh, um, right. And uh, so he remembers them, and you know, and that was the car he was driven around in as a kid. But uh, yeah, so he, but he'd never driven one. So he did have a little bit of trouble with second gear in my car, um, which can be problematic to the to a new driver. But um, I thought for someone who drives a Fiat Five Hundred, um, you know, he'll he'll be able to get it. And of course, he did in the end. But no synchro on either car. That was one of the common common similarities of the two. Um, but yeah, that no, was a great great day. Saturday, I went shopping with a friend, but you'll hear more about that later. Mm. Uh, um, Sunday, oh, a nice drive up through the hills in the um, in the ZRV. We spent the day just. We had an appointment in earlier in the day in Berwick and an appointment in the afternoon in Murrelbach. So, thought, well, there's not much point going home. So we drove around some roads up in the hills that I've never driven before, ever in my life, and I've driven a lot of the Dandenong ranges, um, but had a great day doing that. <clears throat> oh, prior to that, during last week, we actually had a car club um, barbecue, which was a brilliant night. A couple of likely people on the podcast actually came along and joined joined into that, and that was that was brilliant. We had everything from, oh, gosh, a Honda City factory cabriolet designed by Pin and Farina to a couple of NSXs and a new FL5 Type R. Mm. So uh, it was it was a great night. Huge variety of cars. We had about forty five people had come along. I think, um, yeah, it was a good night. Good night. That was actually that was a really solid night. I mean, Chad and I were there. Ed was there. Thomas, who's been on the show, was there. Um, you know, it was a it was a really really solid night. It was you know everyone's lovely. Like it's it's a really you know good club. Yeah. Um, yeah. like I don't think I don't think I I've do been. Right. I do alright. I don't think, as I said it before on the show, I don't think I've been to, been in, been you know associated with a club that's that's this good. So it's a credit to you guys, generally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks. That's yeah. a very nice thing to say. Open to talking about their cars and um, yeah. yeah, I was. Everyone's really passionate. Yeah. No one's even people who bring Hyundai's along. So I mean, you know. <laughs> 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 the Civic was getting attention. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> will uh, will uh. <laughs> It's a very good sounding uh, Hyundai, though. So, uh, yeah, very nice sounding Hyundai. <laughs> yeah, I think that's um, me. It's been a good car week, and looking forward to a good car weekend this weekend too. There's a bit coming up this weekend. Mm. There's so many events on while it's still uh, the, the weather's good, and I don't think the forecast is too outrageous for uh, Sunday. So hopefully, um, highball will be on. Oh, highball is on. Hopefully it won't be too hot, but that's usually an early start, so that's always good. Thirty-nine th- forecast for Sunday is so get there early. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit hot on Sunday, but we'll make do. <laughs> Alan, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, I really don't have anything in the car update front. Um, everything's yeah, just the same. I think the D Max might have an issue where it's um, the automatic headlights option will turn the headlights on always. Now, I think I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, but every single time I've kind of driven it lately has been late afternoon. So I'm not 100% sure whether it's just the car thing. It's a little shady. Even though we're in summer right now, it's still pretty sunny in late afternoon. But I'll have to actually get myself, you know, out and about during full sun and then see if it still goes, um, you know, uh, keeps headlights on. And then I'll probably take it to uh, Isuzu and get that looked at. Yeah. Um, the other car update, well, this is more car related. I have been catching up on the Auto Retro podcast. Mm. I've been oh. binge watching. And, um, you know, I'd say there's been. You really have time few, on your hands, don't you? <laughs> I do. Quite a few episodes. Um, the Matty J one was a personal favorite. <laughs> um, but, 
particularly enjoyed um, information from uh, Melissa Ong, who, you know, was working uh, at least a variety of different car-related things, and uh, her adventures with the V-plates, um, I think yes. it was, yeah. and Benny Musu as well. So, so some quite good episodes. So if anyone else wants more car-related content, do check out Auto Retro. Um, it's on YouTube and I think all the podcasting stuff. Good you. I don't have to do it later now. You've done it. So, Thanks. He's, he's given you the, the plug, free plug. Uh, I've got to make like a plug, um, like a noise to play. Yeah. <laughs> um, Scotty, updates with you. Now, I and David Prince saw you on Saturday. Yeah, we saw you Saturday. I had a bite yeah. from cricket, so I was able to to come with you to to do something. I'm trying to think. I, I don't really have... Much of an update, not much, mm. nothing. Hmm. So, uh, what about you, Maddie? What's your update? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, we can we can skip completely. Uh, <laughs> I do have a pretty big update, and tell you what, I had some um, great help come along and help me check out this vehicle too. Um, not only did I have my partner Ash along, but also. I had David and Matt come along to help me out. And they're looking at a certain car that's the Toyota Blade. <clears throat> we're looking at the Blade Master G um, that he had one for sale in a pearl. It was a pearl white. It's a really, really nice color. Um, Great color. I think what really helped was some of those extra things that Maddie helped me kind of identify and look at that. Um, I would have thought of afterwards because I tend to get my, I tend to get blinkers like the horse <laughs> and I start to just focus. <laughs> and as soon as the, I saw the blinkers it, is usually directly proportionate to how much you, you know, how keen you are on the car. <laughs> yeah. So I was already pretty keen and seeing it in person. I was just like, want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was oblivious of, of majority of other kind of functions <laughs> inside the vehicle, I guess. I was kind of looking at everything else and checking out the suspension and the special um, huge brake upgrade that's on it too. Massive brake. It's got an endless brake upgrade. Like it's like front and rear. Massive. One. Yeah, like after my like the, oh. the company Endless do like big performance brakes in Good Japan. <laughs> it this thing was just like unbelievably stoppy. Like it just bang. Yeah. So I didn't even try pressing it that hard yet either. The brake pedals. So. <laughs> <laughs> So put, so put it this way, Scotty, if you, you're going to stop. That's a, there's no doubt about it. The problem is going to be when you drive anything else. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So I've got to stay driving it forever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it came with that massive brake upgrade. It's got some aftermarket rims on it. I'm not sure on the brand. I, I didn't really try to read it, but it's something Japanese. Um, just having a look around it. What else? It'll still come with the factory brakes also. Took it for a test drive. It drove beautifully. As Maddie was saying in the back seat, you could close your eyes and think that you're in an Orion. Yeah. <laughs> it just it just sounds like one. Just beautiful through the through the gear because it's just, it's just pretty much the same gearbox in it to the six speed automatic. So well, I was, I was saying this, Scotty, like like that engine is just super silky smooth. Like it is like Toyota know how to do a V six and they've done a V six for a long time. And like even you were saying, David, like they they make a good smooth V six and. Mm -hmm. 
and the 2GR is no exception. That is a lovely engine. Um, like I, you know, my dad was after a six-cylinder car, like buy an Orion. Like that engine itself is, you know, it's in everything. It's a it's a, it's a proven engine, um, reliable, makes awesome power, and sounds good. I, I like the way they sound and and just just smooth and really effortless. So yeah, great engine choice in that car. I reckon it's the new One J. Yeah. I reckon it replaces it quite well. Um, they're starting to get picked up those two GRs a bit more in um, in America too, actually. Mm -hmm. In that culture, a lot yeah, of people who... are a lot of people are MR two swapping them, like they're putting yes, them in MR two. So... Yeah, they are too. They yeah. they fly. <laughs> yeah, you can buy the kit for them. Like you, can, it's it's like there's companies that make it just a two GR kit and bang. In, yeah, so. Um, yeah, sick. <laughs> yeah, future. Uh, oh, the, uh, oh, man. <laughs> Dude, I, it's already a death trap as it is. Like, <laughs> uh, but, and yeah. after having a look at it and test driving it, I was just like, put out your hand. Put mm -hmm. out your hand. Make a deal. Put out your hand. Yep. I locked that one in straight away. And the other cool thing about it is David said he's got some blade brochures which was very very interesting because mine has quite a few options and i'm going to quickly go through some it's got quite a few interesting options what i liked about it scotty this car as well it was it was very tidy like usually japanese imports can be quite sketchy mm -hmm. and this was really tidy it was a really straight car it, it, it looked like it had done 100,000 k's but it didn't look it didn't look abused it looked really well looked after and cared for the leather was flawless Absolutely flawless. Really, I checked, really condition. I checked the oil and uh, it was still golden. Like it, it's been, it's had regular changes. So like it's, it's been, it's been looked after. I mean, I still would probably give it a change as you know, when, when, when you get it, Scotty, just to, just to, just to give it a birthday. But um, yeah, it was, it looked like a really well looked after vehicle. So I think you made a great choice. So some of the options this one came with some TRD bits and pieces. So I know no one can see it, but at least you guys can. <laughs> So the TRD options was the TRD Sportivo package. Um, there was body kits and things like that that you could have got. Mine's got the TRD auto shift knob. So I didn't know that that was an option. I just thought someone just bought it and chucked it on. But that's <laughs> like, like adds five kilowatts. That yeah, minimum uh, TRD engine stop and start button. That was actually an option that this person ticked and said yes, I want that. What I noticed actually is. On the very next page, the Modelista kits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They've ticked the exhaust. Yeah. They've gone uh -huh. for Modelista exhaust. And by the looks, when I was looking at the pictures, they've ticked the Modelista rear spats. Oh, yeah. Side skirts too. Just not the just not the front grille or the front bumper because that still looks the same. So they've ticked those options. Nothing yeah, in so. that kit. Yeah. yeah. So so that, that, that so they had a few different types, didn't they, Scotty? They had the mod, TRD kit, the model Easter kit. They had the dams kit, I think, as well. The dams kit too. Yeah. Didn't tick mm -hmm. anything on that one, which is fine because well, I mean, I don't like I don't mind the front just lip. I mean that that's still yeah. pretty. Cool. That looks good, though. Really yeah. Yeah. It's nice. You had your three options, wood grain, a carbon look, and then just like a silver silver look. Mine was the, the carbon look from memory. 
it was funny because I was sitting in the car and drove it and everything. And then when we're looking at this, I couldn't even remember what the interior looked like. <laughs> well, that sucked in with everything else. <laughs> they also got the, on the sills, the blade lights up written there on the sill. That was an option that they I like that. That was cool. That was pretty cool. Um, they've gone with the blade floor mats as well for the fronts and in the back seats. So it's got blade written on it. And what would have cost a bit too was the back floor mats as well with blade written on it. Yeah. Yeah, the luggage compartment one. The luggage yeah. one, yeah, at the very back too. I think yeah. those brochures have got the price prices there as well, haven't they? They weren't cheap. They were not cheap little things to put oh, on. Those floor mats were like 400 something bucks. Yeah. Whoa. But you know what I've noticed though too, like and, and David, you can probably attest to this. Like I feel like the Japanese floor mats are just such a higher quality. Like they're like a real strong shag pile kind of carpet. Mm. Like they're a real thick, yeah. um, you know, hard wearing, good quality carpet. Whereas we get like we get really crappy stuff here. Yeah, funny story about that. Um, when my uh, daughter and son-in-law, hi Sean and him, if you're listening, um, moved to the UK, their first car they had was a 2000, 2001, I think it might have been, or 2000 Legend in metallic blue. And I was at the records not long after that down at Centre Road and there was a blue one down there, had the original factory mats. Oh. So I grabbed them out of the car and um, I think Sean might have said it didn't have mats and, you know, if you see any, so... We were actually heading over to the UK not long after that. So my wife got great mileage out of the fact that uh, we took 12 kilos of mats <laughs> in our luggage to the UK because they weighed 12 kilos, front and rear yeah. mats for legend. That's the quality that they sort of uh, sort of, um, sort of, of came with. They, they weighed a ton. So lucky we had a good baggage allowance. Mate. <laughs> It's only on Supposito, like you took 12 kilos there, you left that, then you get 12 kilos of room for, you know, souvenirs and stuff to bring back. That's True. right. That's right. Exactly right. And then just got on, on top of that, since mine's the Master G, there's a few extra bits and pieces that it might have when it comes to the cruise control. It might be adaptive cruise control that okay. most of the cars have now. So, you know, if you're doing 80, it keeps that certain distance mm -hmm. as well. And it might have the reverse parallel parking Ooh, oh. it reads it and then whoop, and it puts your oh, car right. in there yeah i got volkswagen huh? yeah 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 well that's something that it could have mm. i'm not sure yet because i haven't been able to fiddle with it but and the most important part is that it fits two golf two golf clubs, <laughs> two <laughs> golf clubs in there with that's room such a no. I mean, is that the golf yeah. tip of the week <laughs> Buy one of these. Yeah, I was thinking that that was going to be golf tip of the week. Golf tip of the week. Bye, Bridge. No, Scott, I just wanted to congratulate you. It's a, it's a lovely car. Congratulations, Scotty. It's, it's, thank you very much. That is a lot of car. It's I mean, heaps of car. It's so much car. Um, I really like that model, but I mean, even the ones we got, yeah. I, I think it's a brilliant looking car. And uh, just the way it's packaged inside, I think it's really cool. Yeah. I haven't got my, I did my. Heat plate tests in one of those. All oh, right. When they were like pretty much brand, brand new. new, yeah. And uh, I loved it. I was just, I thought it was such. They're a an easy car to drive. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. They're just really stylish. But the the Blade Master G. Oh. It's just on the, like a, another level on top. That's very cool, man. It's it's um like I, I was surprised like the, the, but the difference between their Corolla and our Corolla like the I don't know, even even you and, and um Scotty you and David were noticing like the fit and finish and the quality of materials yep. like. 
like the dash fell onto the door. The doors felt so much more solid to shut. Like it was just all these extra little bits and pieces that, that I'm like, wow, this is this is really this is really good. Like I didn't expect that. Um, so just got to be careful with those cup holders because if you break them, they're a, that's a dash out job. And you don't want to do that, Scotty. Uh, I know people. I know people that have that have had that and then be like, it's a five dollar part for a you know twenty hour job. So probably 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 not ideal. But cool car, Scotty. Really really happy for you. Uh, it's it, it's it's generally a lovely vehicle and it, it will serve you really really well. Yeah, can't wait to pick it up. Yeah. What's the update on that? Uh, nothing at the moment. But if no. it's done by you know this week, then it would probably have to be Sunday. Yeah. Because I'm doing a bit of work on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll probably come with just a regular plate. What are you? You can't have a regular. Current Victoria. I'll probably, I'll probably end up getting a Japanese one, swap it over. Why not? You can restyle yep. the one you get for, I think it's $215. Yeah. Because the new plates I got for the, N, for the N1, I just had restyled before I left the roads and um, didn't actually ever put the original long ones on. I waited until it, <laughs> the new ones <laughs> arrived and uh, bottled those on instead. But yeah, for $215, I mean, I'm, you know, 500 is pushing it to get Japanese spec plates unless you want yeah. to real, you know, want it to say something. Nah. Uh, but if yeah, getting them restyled, I think it's a bargain at two fifteen. Yep. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. I think so. Um, and um, car talk top tip. I think we've said it before. If you are going to see a car and you're particularly emotional about it, take somebody along. Mm. Um, you know, when you got the blinders on, uh, they can, you know, they don't hopefully, and they can spot things that, um, you know, that might need your, you know, your attention that might break the deal in some cases, mm. but you know, in some cases you just know you're going to buy the car regardless. It's still good to have somebody along that can maybe find a few things that you can use to negotiate. Mm. Absolutely. Great yeah. It, it gave me that feeling of, um, meant to be again, that I haven't had for a long time. Mm. Excellent. You know, when you just you see a car just pop up and all of a sudden just something clicks, something happens. I've had it with most of my cars. And yeah. it's like, yeah, that one's meant to be. Yep. Sadly, I experience that regularly. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. <laughs> some may say some may say sadly, but we say gladly. Gladly. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's awesome, Scotty. Really, really happy for you, man. Um, yeah, it's a solid car, really solid car. You you got you got plenty of years of enjoyment with that. So get ready for a uh, get ready for a happy two uh, GR V six power. So yeah. let's see if I can get some protecting coating or something done for the front. Yeah, yeah, because it's been it's been it's it's been it's been resprayed the bonnet, so it's got no chips. Like the front is mint. So yeah. yeah. I don't want to try and keep it that way because our area is pretty shoddy. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Daddy? What, uh, what's new in your car world? Uh, new in my car world? Not much, dude. Um, Typhoon's getting the rear bar sprayed, um, so I should get that back tomorrow or the day after. And yesterday, I'm very angry because I've been dailing my MR2 <laughs> for, the, for the past week. And... Uh, <laughs> I uh I leaving work and I I don't know if it's happened at work or or, or where where it happened because I, I had to go past super cheap to pick up something but I checked the cameras at super cheap but it didn't look like it happened there. Someone backed into the front of it and damaged the front bar. Oh, so <laughs> man, you've had some bad luck. I'm just I'm just uh I'm in the wars at the moment. Yeah. Um, Sorry. 
So, so I, I, I got a lot of it out, but they've, they've went through the paint and some of it, and they've damaged the the new decal I put on. So I'm just like, I'm just like, whatever, man. Like I, I don't care anymore at this point. Like I just, just I. It's just, it's why I kind of nice things. Um, so yeah, a bit frustrated. Not gonna lie, but apart from that, the MR2 has been flawless. It's been really, really good. Aircon, icy cold. I've I've put about 400 k's on it, and like I, I did a bit of driving with it on the on the weekend. Like obviously driving up to see the car with you, Scotty, and um, I went to a to a to a dinner with with some with some family friends and things. So um, did a lot of driving, and yeah, it's it's been it's been great. So I actually I, I really miss driving that car. Like it's it's a good car to hop in and drive and enjoy. For like a week and then put it away for you know a little bit of time and bring it back out yeah um so so yeah but um yeah not not happy jan not happy jan mm-hmm. um uh i mean I, I was happy you know you know i was thinking scotty's got a new car you know uh you know that my typhoon's getting fixed because i'm an idiot and then the second thing happens it was like you know just just as life's starting to get back on track you get hit and they're like ugh. but anyway <laughs> so again this is the reason why you can't have nice things but that is i think that's pretty much me yeah that, that, that's me done all oh, right guys I'm still waiting on the on the 31 they're still chipping away yes I forgot about that update um they called did they me give on, you, did they give you an eta they told me on monday they've just got to do the brake lines and have a look at the speedo why it's not working all the other little bits and pieces are all done oh awesome so all those little super globes and the fixing of the um seat belt and the wiper issue and all that and cleaning underneath all done. Oh, perfect. So, and did they said anything about, they said the car's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. There's been nothing that he just mentioned. Those two things just said that the, um, the permit just ran out. So okay, I just updated that to go a bit longer and that's, yep. that's, they said, yeah, we're plugging away. Everything's fine. They've got no dramas. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. No, I, see, you're gonna have two cars in the space of like a week, Scotty. This is this is big news. It's huge. <laughs> I know. I don't know where to keep them all. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, love lovely work, mate. Lovely work. Soon a Subaru will be for sale. So if anyone wants one, mm. Subaru Liberty B4. Yep, a listener can have it for cheaper. Yes. Ooh. There you go. Mm. You heard it here first, listeners. Listener yeah. special. <laughs> Love it, Scotty. Good work, man. Congrats again. Can't wait to see this car very, very soon, and then we'll go from there. Moving on to tonight's topic of car of the year from the year two thousand onwards, because we got—I believe we got up to the year two thousand. Um, we, we talked about the the Magnas and, and VTs and Liberties and um, yeah, I remember an S class and all that popping up. Yeah. Um, but we got up to the year 2000. Now, this is the year we were supposed to have Y2K. We weren't supposed to be here. The world was supposed to shut down and everything <laughs> just kept going, which, which, is, which is quite cool. Um, so Subaru had a real kind of, uh, they had a real role from the 90s. Uh, they, had, they had Subaru, Subaru, Subaru. And then they came back with the with the new uh, GD, I believe it was, um, Subaru Impreza Bug-Eye. Um, which won Wheels Car of the Year? It was, it was, you know, it was the, that was the first one to win it. And so the, the the way we've been doing it with this one, guys, it's a yay or a nay. If you think that was a worthy winner or, or uh, maybe not, um, go around the screens. David Prince. Yeah, look, I'll go yay. Um, <clears throat> it was actually, you know, quite a more grown up. It reminded me a lot of the first gen Liberties, actually, compared to the f- first gen Impressors, which. Yeah, we're, we're pretty popular cars, of course, back when they came out. But 
This um this gen was it was a more a, a more solid car. I think it didn't feel as 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 light and fragile. Mm. It was sort of grown up. The, the styling was polarizing to a lot of people, and and they didn't like them, and they got the the bug eyed name. But yeah, interestingly, as a lot of polarizing design goes, it's actually um, aged pretty well, and people now sort of seek them out. I think so. Yeah, no, it's a it's a yay from me. Scotty. Uh, yeah, it's it's a yay from me too. The one thing that stands out and I always remember is during around that time there was these DVDs called the high octane DVDs. <laughs> um and they got their hands of one to drive brand new. And just the way he was saying compared to the previous ones, the GCH, just how much the quality actually went up. Mm-hmm. But not just that, the amount of extra weight that went into it. But it wasn't weight for no reason. It was actually to strengthen everything up and, and make really it show. and make yeah and make it feel better. Yeah. And he mentioned that too. Like he was driving on the windy roads and he couldn't, he wasn't able to to find the limits at that time. And he was pushing it pretty hard. Um, and for something stock to have that much weight, extra weight in it too, and in the rain, he was doing zero to hundreds in just under six seconds. Yeah. Wow. Back in you know two thousand, so that's yeah. So that, that's the one review I always remember because he's always funny those DVDs, and <laughs> it, he gave a good review, very honest of the build quality and just a massive jump up with everything that um, Subaru did, and I think they stuck with that and followed along into the rest of their models. It just kept maturing, I think. It matured into the hatchback form something completely different and now uh, i don't know what it is now we'll leave it at that sorry to interrupt but in- interestingly wikipedia says it actually gained nearly 200 kilos in weight over the gc wow. chassis um, and the gd chassis is 148 percent and 82 percent stiffer in torsional and beam rigidity respectively wow the stiffness is primarily due to the addition of a steel ring, which encircles the cabin at the B pillar, obviously for passenger safety, but the added benefit of providing more stability for motorsport events. Um, and there's a, a magazine, a firehouse magazine notes that the jaws of life needed to cut the Subaru B pillars at certain, um, there are certain points at which they um, they can be cut, but but they're, they're that strong that it had to actually get a rating of, from the um from the fire departments. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. That's a really cool fact. That's, that's a lot of weight and a lot of increase in in, in torsional Strength. and rigidity. Mm. Yeah. Alum, now you had the blob eye version WRX. Yes, I did. Obviously, same same chassis primarily. Is this a yay? I'm assuming it'd be a yay from you. Um, it's definitely a yay. I'm assuming that when they consider the huge Super Impreza, it's all, I guess... Um, variants, so includes yep. just the the standard RXs or uh, RSs, I think they were, yeah. and then you know, the WRX, um, especially the WRX. I think great car to drive. That's why I owned one. Um, you know, I've had a, a two Subarus now. My uncle had a Subaru. It's a uh, you know, they, there's nothing to kind of regret about them really, and um, the fact that there are so many of them still on the road these days. I think that's a testament to overall, you know, how well they were built, and mm. you know, even though they had just you know some issues here and there, 
they they're still great cars to own. I think especially in the era, the power that they had is you know a great amount. Yeah, absolutely, Chad. Yeah, it's definitely a go for me. Just I think they've really aged like fine wine, and mm. they look amazing. They still, um, yeah, everything's so nice about it. And um, I've never driven one, but I've never really actually owned. Um, not anyone that's owned one uh, apart from Alan. But um, yeah, it's uh, you know I think they've really sort of kicked it up a notch from the GC and brought the brand back into you know the mainstream. Absolutely, that's um, no, really cool car. For me, I'd love a Bug Eye STI uh, on some like TSLs or something, and then just oh. Uh, <laughs> But I'd probably I'd, like I know, I know you, this is controversial for me. Like I don't like black cars after owning a black car, but I'd get a black STI and lower it. Just don't have it. It it'd be tough. It it it'd be tough. So uh, yeah, I think I think that's I think that's full yays from all of us. Uh, Two thousand one, bit of a different car, the Holden XC Barina. So this was the um, the European sourced Opel Corsa, or um, or Vauxhall Corsa. Um, in in some markets, uh, quite a European car to drive. Well, it was European, um, quite solid. I remember going in them when they were when they were relatively new, and I was like, it's like this actually feels like a really you know well kind of screwed together car. Um, I will say, uh, yeah, maybe yay, um, because they they did have a um, they did have an SRI version, uh, which was quite which was quite a quick car, and, and it was like a, a little mini hot hatch. But um, they just didn't last, and it's weird because the the earlier ones, like the like the earlier Euro ones, seem to have lasted a bit longer, and then the later ones, the Korean ones, have seemed to to outlive them really easily. So I don't know if they've held up, um, but it was like for the time they were they were quite a you know a, quite a solid little car to drive. Um, but I'm kind of on the fence on this one. I'm still I'm kind of in the middle. I don't know if if I if I would have given it the uh, the the full the full yay. What do you guys think? Oof. <laughs> um, if I'm searching through, just as you were saying, Maddie, I can't find many early two thousands ones. Mainly two thousand and five upwards. Yeah. Still kicking around for sale, but not many of the older the older ones two thousand and one. Are kicking around still, so I'm not sure if they just got P plated destroyed or. Um, well, to, to add to that well point, together. being European, they were expensive to fix. They were a lot more expensive than, let's say, a like a, a, a Japanese equivalent, and they didn't hold up as well to our elements, like the heat and stuff. Like they, they just didn't do it as well. So while they were nicer built and fit and finished, um, they just weren't as well, kind of. But they didn't last, if if that makes sense. So, so I guess that's for me. Why's why I'm on the fence. I think I'll I think I'll go in a. Um, uh, hats off to Wheels though that they actually gave a little car like this car of the year, and that it wasn't a you know, for sure something exotic. Um, yeah, I, I suppose my my take on them is through the trade, through what I've seen through the trade, and as you said, I mean. A lot of them would come in with annoying little gremlins in the electric electronic gremlins and things like that. Um, they always smelt funny too. They always had they that did. sort of pastry smell about them inside. Yeah, the crayon, yeah, the crayon smell. Yeah, yeah. A what smell? It's like a crayon smell. Crayon. Okay. Well, I've heard you describe many things, but not that before. Same. Yeah, you're right. Mm. 
So yeah, I I wouldn't um wouldn't have run out and bought one on the basis of them winning car of the year. I don't think, but I'm sure there are many people who are very happy with them. Happy with them. I think. Look, I, I'm pretty sure somebody in our year level in high school actually had this. I think her name was Bianca. She had a Barina. It was uh, probably a 2001 or 2002. It was um, I think in blue, possibly. If I remember the color, but it was it was already in that era, which was I think two thousand nine. So it had only been about what seven eight years. The car was rough, yeah. And obviously ownership, you know, dictates kind of how your car will end up, most likely. But you know, for like a eight eight year old car, it was real rough. And you know, like you said, this is car of the year. I reckon there would have been better cars in the market in Australia that mm. probably would have deserved that award more. So it's going to be a nay from me. Yeah. Chad? Yeah, I've got to go no, except for the SRI. I think it's got great, great looking. It looks good. Good looking car. Yeah. Um, I think the car's got really nice design overall, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, aesthetic wise, but I, yeah, there's a reason why I don't really see them anymore <laughs> because they just haven't really lasted the test of time. Yeah, I think uh, I had a friend whose sister had one, and yeah, she overheated it in the in the tunnel. That's <laughs> blocked up the whole bloody tunnel. That's all I really <laughs> know of, you know, that that model Barina. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, SRI looks good though. It does. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Little body kit. Uh, I, yeah, I just brought up the SRI. That's that's somewhat redeeming. Um, unfortunately, it's not enough to redeem the whole model line. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, Steph had an SRI, one of those, and she she's like, I never serviced it. I did well over heaps of thousands of Ks in it. And she's like, it never let me down. And then she gave it to the wreckers. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's uh that's another story for another day. Um 2002, Ford's comeback car. The uh basically the, after the disaster that was the AU back then, which is now like the greatest car of all time. Um, Ford came back with a more conservative, more styled, um, got, got the help of Jay Mays, who was a, um, you know, the head, head designer who also worked for Audi and, and all these other companies in, in the past to come and to come and design the new Falcon. Uh, it was the return of the Falcon to win wheels currently, which I hadn't won in years. Uh, the Ford BA Falcon. I remember when this came out, I was, it was, it was in year six and, I remember the hype was real for this car. It, I don't know if you guys can remember how like it was like it was this was Ford's comeback car. It was it was yeah. um it was their last big hurrah into into you know this is well we're making a statement in Australia anyway, and it, it's a car that that overtook Holden Commodore in, in top sales at some points. You know, and it was a real step forward. It introduced the Barra engine, introduced um you know just a nicer fit and finish. You're really well put together. You know, yeah they yeah they had their, they had their teething issues and the started and then they kind of resolved them in bf but overall it was a very good car from from all accounts and you know i own a b series fucking and, I, and my mum owned a just a egas ba and that was a great car and yeah I, for me this one's a, this one's a yeah i'm not saying that because i'm a ford fan it's, i'm saying that's because you know after owning um having two bas in the family and and you know my uncle's having falcons of the same era ba series um never had they never really had big issues they've been they've they've, they've you know the good thing about this car was made for the conditions it was made to last um and i think that was a i think it was a solid wheels car of the year mm. yep it's a it's a yay for me i remember when it first came out around during um bathurst and they drove it around there for mm. the first look 
before it became a V8 supercar for the following year. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, as you're saying, the hype was huge. People were waiting to see exactly what it would look like and what versions were going to come out. They nailed it. Yeah. They picked everything about it. It was just such a great comeback. And uh, we had a BA in the family too. It was the SR, B-A-S-R. It was a great car to drive. Nice, smooth, great engine. Never had any dramas with it. Just chewed up the miles and protected us really well from a, from a huge accident, a huge crash that happened in it. So built well too from around that time. So, yeah, big yay from me. Yep, yay from me too. As you as you all know, I was late coming to, to the Falcon party. <laughs> <laughs> Never having had much experience, we were a Holden family for uh, with my dad and all through those years. But uh, no, no, they <clears throat> obviously the the development that went into them for the Australian market and for Australian conditions really showed. Yeah. And I, I think we're seeing that more now that we don't have cars like that anymore. You know that mm. they're mm. you know Ford and Holden both were doing great things with for Australian cars at the time and designing them for this, this country and. And the unique needs of it, I do notice. That I, I was reading somewhere that the some of the suspension testing on the BA was done at the Nurburgring, so that would have been cool to have been over there and seen a BA getting around. Yeah. <laughs> a Falcon getting around. Yeah, <laughs> one of those guys filming the cars. Big body Ford comes straight, straight through. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Misha driving it. <laughs> yeah. Alum, you had a BF. Uh, obviously, the the uh, the update of the, of the BA. Um, your take? Yeah, no, I definitely a yay for me. Like that. It as David said, I think you hit the nail on the head with. It was very much a car built for Australian conditions, and it was a car that had with its options a car for basically everyone. You wanted a car that was just good for you know driving kids to school, going to work grocery getting, you know, you just get the standard barrel, you get the BTR four-speed auto, it'd be, you know, absolutely fine. You you know, you want to do more taxiing, get the e-gas, you know, you got your LPG, nice and easy. It's relatively cheap to run. I want to say fuel efficient, but cheap to run. Um, or you want something more performance oriented, you could get the XR6 Turbo or you could get the V8, you know, and you'd be, you'd be sweet. Like you'd have a nice transmission. Um, I think they were doing the five speeds at the time. You have a good engine. And it's just a it's just a great time overall. So it really like it covered kind of all the niches that you needed, except for maybe the small car because it wasn't a small car by any means. But you know you had your performance, you had your economy, you had you know your fleet. It was it was one of the best cars for Australian conditions. So definitely yeah for me. I mean my one we definitely had some problems with it, but there was never a problem that would left us on the side of the road kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember this car very, just just very vividly when, when it when it came out. Just the like as I said about earlier that the hype because this was I think Ford. I think everybody had written off Ford and said that no, they're done as a, as a you know they're done here in terms of their, their design. And they came out with this car and everyone was just just wow. It was it was it was pretty nuts. Like I, I remember dropping the Typhoon with Ed one time and, and we we're at a servo because it needs fuel like as like it always does. <laughs> anyway, we're we're walking out. Ed's like you know Ed's, Ed said the, Ed stopped and he's like it's still a good looking car like it, the, the, it's held up and it's aged quite well and i would i would agree with him on that i think it's i think it's i think it's aged quite well and it's um yeah it's you're right element fit everyone's purpose you could you could get a ute you could get a wagon you know and and a testament to, to them is like if you go out into the outback you, you will see two types of cars you will see predominantly hiluxes 
and Falcon wagons, like either AUs or PA wagons. And that's, and that just says a lot really. Like, you know, in, and these things have got four five, 600,000 Ks on it. Like my uncle had a, had a wagon with, um, which was an ex taxi car that, that just did country Ks all, all through Grafton and everything had 600 and something thousand Ks on it. And it felt tight. I was, I was like, how does it feel this good? So, you know, again, made for the conditions, made to, made to do the, to do the mile so yeah i think that, that's a good one and the colors think, had really cool names too so, so what was that david colors had really good names oh, too. <laughs> I, it was when like ford was really trying like jeff polites went when he came in for this car like i don't, I don't know we're probably spending a bit too long on, on this car but he, he you know he's always like no we got to make we're going to make a comeback and and he really pushed the racing program he really pushed the colors the fpv program the gt came back you know, it was, a, it was a real comeback car for Ford. Cool names, Bionic, Acid Rush, Lightning Strike, Envy Green. Phantom. Phantom. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a purple. Silhouette, Vixen. Like, they, they had some really cool color names. And uh, now it's just, like, green. Well, like, yeah. like, just do yeah. something exciting. Yeah. <laughs> they, had, they had a lot of fun. And, like, the bright blues and oranges and, and strict acid and, ah, just had some really cool colors. So... Um, it was a good time. It was, it was it was it was a good time for Ford. I think it didn't, I think it didn't help with V8 supercars as the Fords weren't going very well at the time either. Correct. I think I, Greg Lamb jumped over to Ford and that didn't help him at all. He was going a little bit backwards, not winning races. That's true. Until they finally pushed for this. Yep, absolutely. And then it was like Ford hadn't won Bathurst in years. The AU mm. the AU never won a championship or Bathurst, and then BA came and 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 did that. So again, it was a, it was a massive car for Ford. 2003, a very controversial car, the Mazda RX-8. Now, I remember, I mean, you guys probably all remember when this car came out, but I loved it. I thought it was such a cool looking thing. You know, it was a four-door, but it was a two-door, but it was, you know, it it, it was stylish. It handled well. It sounded good. Um, you got them in cool colors. The interiors were really cool and put well put together. Um, I remember sitting in one in the motor show with like, oh, this is so cool. The 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 the, the um, gear selector, the actual gear knob was was in the shape of a shape of a rotor, you know, like the the it was yep. you know the triangle shape. It was just, it was just like even in the seats, it had the the you know the the, the rotary. They really tried to push that. You know, this was a this was a proper sports car, and I think from all accounts, it, it's definitely still a yay for me, even though like the early ones had the en- engine issues. And I think they're severely underappreciated today. Um, for how good they actually are to drive, because to drive they're fantastic. Have you guys ever driven an RX-8? Like, um, no. they are brilliant to drive. Like, it just feels like a slightly bigger MX-5, really. Um, and with with a bit more of a revier engine, and engine's got a, definitely a lot more character than MX-5. Um, but it feels like quite literally a bigger MX-5. Um, and the NC MX-5 actually, its chassis was based off based off that car anyway. So, which which not a lot of people know about. So, um, it obviously was a, it was a shortened chassis, but but basically all suspension components and a lot of that were all shared. Um, so yeah, really really cool car because the MX-5 wins in 2005. But we'll get to, we'll get to that in in in, in, a, in a little bit. But yeah, the RX-8 was a, was a, was a, was for me a cracker, and, and I still think it's a yay. I think it was it was it was a, a time when when you know when it was when it was important to have a sports car, and they sold bucket loads of them. Um, and yeah, I, I think still today it was a bit of a yay. So yeah, that's a yay for me. What about you guys? Yeah, I I have to go yay on that one. Um, I know the Renesis is, yeah, this you know, top down on with the reliability and whatnot, but obviously a lot of rotaries had the same issues. Like yeah. even 
one of the, the FT is probably one of the most um, reliable yeah. not, uh, mm. to be known. Inverted commas. <laughs> but, you know, same issues, lots yeah. of uh, rebuilds and whatnot on those. Um, but RX-8, I can't think of a cooler 2000s um, yeah. four-door, two-door yeah. type thing. Yeah. Um, I, I just love the suicide doors on it. Oh, it's brilliant. I, you know, it doesn't have a B pillar, which is a huge plus for me. I mean, yeah, it's got like that big cavity when you open the doors. And it looks good. It looks really good. Yeah. Big Great for a Bunnings run. You can get a huge amount of stuff in there. Yeah, Bunnings run. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they've just really, yeah, I, really, I think they really nailed it. I'm going to say this about most of the customers, but yeah, it's, uh, I think they really nailed it. It's, it's really well put together. Um I really need to drive one. Oh, dude, you got to drive one. They're, they're awesome to drive. I remember my brother got like a 2008 Ford Ranger and it had, it had it was the extra cab, so he just had the suicide doors. I'm like, you bought an RX-8. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's always like, oh, shut up, man. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I would agree with you, Chad. Really cool car. What about you, David? Yeah, I, I love them. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when they were new and they're coming through the dealerships, it was like, you know, it was just the coolest Cool. The quirkiest, sort of the most unusual design of, of sports car, you know, I, I mean, nothing like it. I suppose the Hyundai Velocity is the only thing that's got anywhere near it, but that's not yeah. half. It's had everything, you know, the 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 technology and the rotary engine and the, there were so many quirky elements to it mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, they just set up beautifully. You got this came out at the time too, so I think this was competing with the, at the time, for that for that one, the, uh, the 350Z when it came out. And um, you know, to, to beat the three fifty Z, which is more powerful and, and everything, I you know, it's it, it did well. It, it it chassis refinement was unreal. Like you guys have to drive on; they are fantastic to drive. Scotty, uh, yeah, it's a yay for me. Easy. Um, Mazda were kicking goals around this time. Yeah, they were. Not only just stylish, but as everyone said, handles very very well. Everyone that reviewed one of these loved the way it handled. Mm-hmm. And if you just got to remember, you just got to rev its guts out yeah. and don't keep it low and you have massive amounts of fun. You know, if you know anything about rotaries and things like that, you'd be able to keep it fairly reliable and kept, keep on going. But unfortunately, most people just use them as a normal car. So if you do that, the engine's not going to last. Before you know it, it's dead and it's off to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I don't think the autos were very good in them. That probably let it down to people buying autos, and the autos were very horrible, especially in such a high revving car. It just doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. Fortunately, um, that probably didn't help it either. But you know, they had the you know they brought the premium versions out with really nice leather seats, very comfortable. I liked a little extra bits and pieces of the picture of a rotor. You know, in between. The seat on the back and the gear yeah. shift was also shaped like a rotor and everything. Loved all those little touches too. Yeah. Really cool. Also, the te- the tachometer goes to 10. 10 yeah. When's the last time you saw it? <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. It's so cool. It's, it's like it's just revs, 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 and then again. <laughs> it's It was just so, it was so much fun. I'm a little more on the fence about this okay. um, because, look, Again, I remember watching, I think it was, was it the Top Gear uh, episode on this or something else? And they're mentioning basically the engineers arguing about this being like a two-door coupe, but they'd be like, no, we need the extra doors. And they're like, well, all right, we'll go halfway. We'll just put this weird suicide door <laughs> thing on. And overall, like, especially when you compare it to its predecessor, the RX-7, the RX-7 looks just, you can't, it looks better. 
you can't yeah. beat that. You know, when you when you consider where it came from, it's uh, it's a hard argument to be like, oh, this is so this is they're replacing this with this. I don't know. <laughs> and you know, it was still it was an expensive car for the time. It was sixty two thousand dollars, I think, brand new, which in today's money is over a hundred grand. But the the car it replaced, I think, was close to ninety. Yeah, Randy. So, you know, they were actually giving people a bargain. <laughs> so, if I consider like all the factors of obviously the cars didn't do as well, and you know they weren't as powerful, didn't include turbos, that sort of thing, but it still kept the rotary going. I think if you include that, and that's a very important thing to still continue, you know, a style of engine that no real other manufacturers do, you know, a style of car that really no real other manufacturers do. Just for that aspect, I think. It's still a yay for me. Like it's it's on the fence. It's very on the fence, but it's it's just a yay. I mean, I think it it was a hard act. The RX seven, the FD was a hard act to follow. Like that is a beautiful car. Yeah. Um, and and I and I saw where Mazda were coming from. Like because it was no turbos. It was um it, you know it was a completely different completely different rot- rotary engine and um you know it was a complete it was a completely different car in 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 you know it was four doors and um and everything and they were going for a different sort of car they were going for you know it, it was it was bigger it was it, it wasn't as petite because RX sevens are quite petite they're quite a small car um mm. so you know if it was the only way it was going to keep the rotary alive and still in a fun sports car I, I think I think they they nailed the the you know I, th- I think they nailed it like yeah it's, it was no RX seven and God, if you put them side by side with an RX seven give me an RX-7 any day of the week. But you're right, Scotty, Mazda were kicking goals at this point. Uh, like, you know, Mazda 6 came out, Mazda 3 came out. Like, these were good cars. Like, like they were they were really coming back. It's when Mazda was, you know, like, they had a string of just boring cars, 626. Uh, even the 323, like, that that the 3 replaced, it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it was good, but it, it wasn't an exciting car. Whereas the Mazda 3 was, like, a really, really good car to drive, even in basic form. So, um, yeah, I think they, I think they, they, they were really trying to emphasize the zoom. I mean, this is what the whole, the whole zoom zoom thing came about too. Like, you know, it was that they were really trying to make every car, like every, every driver fun, a fun drive. And, and to, to some extent that like most of their cars that they still sell today are like, uh, you know, still quite an engaging vehicle to drive. Um, 2004 Ford wins again with the SX territory. So this was the, um, the first Ford territory to come out, um, this was a car that was kind of a game changer because Ford saw the, the people were going towards SUVs. They saw a decline in big car sales. They went and bought this car. Uh, so they brought out this car. Funny story. Uh, they had to beg Ford of America to um, to lend them the, the $500 million to engineer it. Um, and, and they said no. Uh, and then and then they said no, they said no, they said no. And they, said, they eventually caved and said, oh, I'll bring it back when you're done. We want to see what you do with it. They brought back a, a, a territory gear and a, and, a, and a base model there, and they drove it in America. They took them back to America, and, they, and, the, and the people in America said, the engineers said, this is the best car we make worldwide. That was what they said. Like, no BS. Um, there was an incredible interview. I, I watched one of, the, one of the engineers about it, and he, he's, he's like, we, we, put our, we, we put our heart and soul into that car, benchmarked against BMW uh, in terms of like how, how, to, how to handle, but built for Aussie conditions to drive and be more comfortable. Revelation, they sold millions of the damn things. Um, and, you know, my dad... Yeah, you know, my dad bought one, and he had it for over fifteen years. Um, never had a single issue with it. Like it was, I mean, yeah, he he did ball joints and um, uh, front and rear diff bushes at one hundred and ten thousand k's, but standard. standard Falcon things, yeah. But apart from that, you, you keep on top of the maintenance. It, it was a flawless car. Like never had an issue. Um, 
So yeah, oh, it's a big game for me. It it really changed the um you know the game here, and 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 it and then even other other um auto journos were saying you know all SUVs should be benchmarked against territory in terms of how they uh, dr- how they drive in terms of ride handling compromise. Um, so th- and that was a big thing to say for a, for an Aussie made car. So it was it was a real game changer. So definitely a yay for me. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna have to give it. I'll have to give it a yay. It it knew what it was doing at the time. That's what we're moving towards. They were smart about it. Yeah, they knew it wasn't wagons anymore. That was wagons were probably more niche. Now moving into it, you know, like um, you could get the SS wagons and things like that, and that was it. No, no more basic stock looking wagons anymore. They're moving into bigger SUVs. Um, you know, even though the early territories had the some suspension dramas and things like that, but if I move that aside and not think about that, it was a good move. It was a comfortable car. You could get a turbo version of it, which was mm-hmm. super fun. It's you can see that turbo version hammering around on um, <laughs> some YouTube's channels out there. Um, Dude, some people are pulling nines in the territory. Mile. You can see it smashing down the quarter mile at Calder Park and things like that. So, yeah, it was the right decision for them. They knew what they were doing. Very smart. Imagine you're in a GTR and you pull up next to a territory turbo with like a lady driving it and they smoke you. Like I would, I would laugh. Like I would so laugh. I'm like, that is insane. I tried my car. I would be like, give me a territory turbo. <laughs> yeah. uh, David Prince, yep. your opinion. No, I've, uh, I saw one for a friend years ago and I hadn't driven one until then. And I was, I was impressed. I thought, no, again, they did a great job of engineering that sort of vehicle to Australian conditions, and once they sorted the ball joint problem out, um, and, and sadly, like a lot of Australian cars, they you know, by the the time they got to the SY and the SY two and that and the SZs, they were brilliant cars. Yeah, you know, they were sorted, they were reliable, they were um, beautifully built. You know, they they were a real bargain, and, and the fact you could only get them here, it's a shame the rest of the world didn't actually get the chance to 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 see how good they were. Yeah. Alan? Uh, it's a, definitely a yeah for me. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. It, it was basically just a Falcon, but bigger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, much, and yeah. um, it, the fact that it did come with, you know, turbo options is one of those things of you've only got one option for a family car. Obviously, you need something bigger to keep the kids and everything else. But you want something a little bit performance oriented, get the turbo if you can convince your partner otherwise. You know, <laughs> just, just go on to that. So you've got yourself something like that, especially if you're sitting alone in it, it still pulls. Um, quite strong and you know overall good cars like built quite solidly and again for the conditions in Australia yeah. and um, you know I think I think they did quite well so definitely yeah for me yeah uh, Chad yeah it's going to be I mean again Ford just nailed it um, and they were ahead of the curve with mm-hmm. the SUV stuff into the Australian market um, you know they saw what Germany and what uh, like Europe was cooking yeah and they said, "Yeah, let's just get they go all in." As you said, they were like they were pretty much bankrupt. Yeah, not bankrupt, but you know, they were in trouble. They were in trouble, <laughs> yeah. and they, just, they put all their eggs into that basket, and it really paid off. I think. And yeah, such a cool car. Yeah. yeah, they 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 did really really well with it. Um, 2005. So we'll get through the 20. Uh, we'll do the 2010s next time, but 2005 Mazda MX-5 NC. So. This was the second Mazda MX-5 to win, um, and it, it's not the last because uh, they, they just keep they just keep winning. Uh, NC, the unloved MX-5 of the of the MX-5 brethren. Um, 
I think they're. I've always liked them. I I, I always thought, yeah, they, they looked a bit chunkier and and they had the they had the folding metal roof kind of thing, which was kind of cool. I thought they were a cool car. Uh, I've, I'm always an MX5 fan. I've sat in a few. They, they are they are quite small, but they're you know they're a small sports car, and and that's that's the brief that you're wanting to get. I prefer the Series Two look to the Series One. The Series Ones are a bit were a bit underdone, I thought, in terms of styling. But to drive, brilliant. Like the, every MX-5 to drive is brilliant. Like they, they, <laughs> there's a reason they say the answer is MX-5 because it is. Um, again, shared um, components with the RX-8. Um, really quality car. Just, just a good thing to drive. Reliable. You know, it was powerful for what it was. I mean, it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't a really quick car, but it, it was never meant to be. It was, it was meant to be, you know, driving, driving fun. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, and there's 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 Miata Cup spec cars all all over the world in different different things. So like, there is a reason why they are the answer. And for me, yeah, absolute yay, hundred percent yay. Chad, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, especially me being like a bigger stature of a guy, I I can't fit in an NA or an MB. And, um, NC is super comfortable. Yep. And it's, yeah, it's like, I don't know, they kind of like made it for the everyman mm. as well, in a way. And uh, relatively, still relatively cheap to get into. And, you know, back then, I'm not sure what the prices would have been. But yeah, I mean, they've got to be somewhere, they've got to be competitive. Absolutely. Um, I love the styling. I think mm-hmm. it was, again, doing awesome stuff at the time. Smashed it. Yeah. They're, they're in the same design language as the RXA. Yeah. Right. Yeah, least favorite MX-5, I've got to say. Yep. Um, but still allow, I'll allow respect to be the most popular sports car ever made. Uh, ditto. Simple as that. Exactly exactly what David said. And Alan? Oh, I'm going to put down a nay. <laughs> Coming from the guy that's owned an MX-5, that's the only MX-5 wow. to not win. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a sheep, no. Uh, it's. I think it was just because I actually watched a Haggerty video on this, and it was just about Mazda not necessarily giving the customers exactly what they wanted, um, okay. and that's what is part of the success of the MX-5. And the NC was kind of – it is the longest, I'm pretty sure, MX-5 um, out of the, the four generations. It was getting – it was kind of tending to get bigger, and I think if that had kind of continued, the MX-5 wouldn't exist today, at least definitely not in the same – Mm. Um, style that it is, yeah, insane thing. It would have become kind of bloated and large. It probably would have a turbocharged engine, but it'd be heavy as hell. And, you know, it would eventually kind of become that. I think restricting all those things is what's kind of kept the MX-5 what it is. And, you know, I'm also a big fellow. I'm not very tall, but I'm wide. I, you know, I managed to fit in the NB. I just slammed the door into my thigh and, you know, we get it close. <laughs> um, you don't get and, into it so much as put it on. Yes, exactly. Yeah, correct, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's um, it's obviously it does limit the amount of uh, people that can kind of get into the cars. Uh, but I, you know, it's if you yeah. do start allowing for kind of everyone, which is kind of exclusionary, I understand, you will have to kind of transform the car into something that you know takes away from the original ethos. So for me, I'm going to put an A on this one. Okay, you heard it here first. 2006. Uh, we'll, do, we'll do a couple more because I'm just conscious of time for you guys. 2006 VE. Calais, Holden VE Calais. Now, this is this is when the VE Commodore series came out. Um, important car. This was Holden's billion dollar baby. This was the this was their um their big one. Uh the Zeta platform, uh, which which went into to to power um Camaros and and CTSVs and all, all sorts of all sorts of stuff in America. Um was a, was designed and engineered here in Australia. 
Um, it was an unbelievably well-engineered car. I've watched the full documentary about it. It was um, really, really, a really good you know, package um, for for what it was for. And it's again made for the Australian editions. Um, it was a real kind of well moment for for Australian cars. I never liked VE styling. I thought VF's a much better looking car, but I think it's definitely a yay because um, it just it brought along with so many technical technical advancements in that in that range um you know the the hsv series are just epic but the kelly itself was a really really classy car for its time uh leather and you know uh, all your all your sat navs and everything you you what you wanted you could have um yeah big big yay for me um i it won on a you know for me in terms of like a like a driving package but in terms of like a uh, a styling package it's still oh, i thought the v the calais was a bit was it was a bit was a bit bland, but um, as a whole package, it was a really, really good car. Um, the V6 options, yeah, they're okay. They had the timing chain issues, but the V8s is where you want to be. Like an LS V8, dude, you can't go wrong. Um, they are, they are, they, they're, you know, LS's, LS swaps are LS swaps for a reason. Great engine. Get a get a V Calais with a with a with a um, with a V8. Absolutely, hands down, yay for me. Absolutely good car, really good car. And then the, they brought out the wagons, the sport wagons. God, that was a good looking wagon. Mm. It's it's right. still still a good looking wagon today. Like it's it's probably the best looking wagon I've seen in you know that, that we've ever done in Australia. But it, it's probably top five, top six wagon for me in terms of um in terms of style. Yeah, you know, it's a good looking car. Um, and yeah, you know, they they got good reviews and they deserved it. That was a good car when it came out. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think in terms of engineering, awesome car. Yeah. I really don't like the styling. Yeah. Again, I, I think what you said about the VF the yeah. being the better look. Yeah, definitely absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Um, but for GM or Holden to come out with that and then to then use it internationally and yeah. um, whatnot, I think that was really successful mm -hmm. for them. And, uh, yeah, I feel like even though Holden, you know, spoiler alert, they don't love it. <laughs> but, um, I think it you know, kept them in the game for it a little did. longer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they did brilliantly. And the, the fact that the sport wagon especially was an actual, it, it wasn't like a utility car, like a, for example, a BF, a BABF yeah. um, wagon. wagon. With, it was just uh, leaf spreading, live rear end. Yeah. It, was a proper, it was a proper car. It had IRS and everything. Yeah. It was an awesome proper yeah. wagon. You know, absolutely. Big, big car. Um, no, yeah, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. What about you, David? Yep. I, I'd, <clears throat> I'd agree. I don't mind the styling of it, actually. Um, it was certainly a huge improvement over what came before it, um, uh, but yeah, I've got to, but the 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 peak was the um, wagon, and especially in the VFs, I think once they'd facelifted and again, like the territory, um, refined the design and put them together better, and um, the quality. Of some of the materials in the early car were pretty average. Uh, again, just speaking from what I know as far as working on the interiors of them, um, but uh, I actually bought. Uh, I bought my own supply of the little plastic clips that held the map pockets on the back of the front seats because they <laughs> kept breaking with regular monotony and that was an easy fix when you had the right clips. Um, but no, no, I, I can see why it won Car of the Year and it, I think it was a like with the Territory, it was like a proud moment for Australia really, wasn't it? <laughs> and you've got actually an Australian designed and built car winning Wheels Car of the Year, so... Well, it was the last Australian built and designed car to win was car of the year. Like that, that was it. That was the last you one. You are completely correct. Yes. Yep. 
So went out on a bang, and I, I think I think I think a, a solid number to go to bow out on Australia. So so that was a, it was a good car. It gets a big yay from me. Um, yeah. I, I reckon, yeah, styling not too bad, as you said. You know, VF was a bit better, but boy, you could see that they did spend big bucks on it. Mm-hmm. You know, in in every way. And then I think what what I find very disappointing is I think the VF should have got car of the year also when that came I agree. out. Mm-hmm. It might be based on the same platform, but the amount of changes and things that they did yep. to compete with those Euro cars at the time, mm-hmm. I think they were better yep. than a lot of those Euro cars inside and out. I 100% agree with you. I think they were very stiff not to win it with the VF. Um, yep. The VF is a brilliant car. Like, absolutely. It's, if I had to buy another Australian car now, I would go buy a VF. Uh, I'd go buy an SS Commodore. Like, I, I, I generally would because it's they're fantastic. You know, they are a fantastic car. Um, they are a really, really good, really good looking car, the right size, engineered really well. Like, even interior, they're, they're, they're a nice place to be. Yeah, there's mm. still some, some cheap GM parts here and there, but like, that, that's that's same with Ford. Like, it's got some cheap, cheap parts here and there. But, you know, as a package, Really good car, like really, really good car. And you know, everyone that reviewed, you know, a VF said, My God, the change that they made from VE, which is the same platform, they just tweaked it. Uh, they they nailed it and, and you refined it. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal car. Really, really, really good car. Yep. So I reckon it was a little bit rigged on that one there. Mm. Um, I reckon definitely they should have they should have got it. Everyone that test drove it and that said this car's fantastic, so I, I don't know why it didn't, or at least get a good, good mention. And I don't think after that, Paul Holden were very hurt. I reckon yep. it was a big deal for him after that, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. it was such a great car. Yep. And like, just bring it back out there. Like you were saying, the 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 difference in in the cars. Like for example, from 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 a VZ to a VE, it is a completely different car. Yes. Massive ah. change. Yeah. Mm. It's like I like it's it's not like when you went from BA to FG like it, or or you know like it, it was you could still see some you know some similarities. This was a completely different car, um, and like complete bottom to top change. And and people people tend to forget that like there, there was a it was a big important car for Australia. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm all for it. What, what about you, Alan? Um, I'm I'm definitely a yay. I think compared to the VZs, um, the like base model VZs. Mm-hmm. Definitely looked nicer than like the standard. Oh, sorry, the base model VZ looks worse than the base model VEs, yeah. in my opinion. But the like S uh, SC six and SS VZs definitely looks better than the the VE um, alternatives. Yeah. That being said, like the Calais itself, you know, again, nice car. Uh, you don't want to obviously you know swing out for a Statesman or a Caprice. You know, you can get this, you get a bit of a luxury interior. And, you know, it was very much a car that would go toe-to-toe with a Falcon. And the fact that, again, they used the Zeta platform to kind of build on the stuff they sold in America, you know it's it's a good setup. Yeah. It's, they're not going to take something, you know, to the bigger market over there if it's if it's a worse deal. Mm-hmm. So definitely a yay from me. Um, I just want to put out there my, my, my two cents with the Statesman and Caprice. They kept them going right till the end. And... I always thought the Statesman and Caprice were such a nice looking car. Like that, that last Statesman Caprice was just was a, it, it was a massive car, but it was a good looking car. Um, and I always thought it was like if you, if I had to buy a VE, I'd buy the, the Statesman or Caprice because it was just it, it had presence and it was a, it was a really nice nicely proportioned car. I liked I liked them a lot. People think you're some kind of member of parliament. Absolutely, 
Dude, <laughs> I, dude I, I used to rock an LTD, man. I, I am a member of parliament. <laughs> <laughs> the last two for tonight. Uh, 2007 took us to Mercedes-Benz with their C-Class W204. Now, this was a huge step up from the 203 chassis. I still think the 204 is the best um, C-Class over the last 20 years. Um, I don't like the, the the one that followed it, and I don't like the current one. Um, um, I I mean, I, I like I like a 202 and a 201, but I don't like it. I mean, 203 is, uh, but a 204 was a real, wow, this is actually a really good car. And I know plenty of people that bought but that bought 204s because they said it was actually, it, it felt like a proper, like a proper Mercedes again. I uh, didn't feel like a, a cheaped out version. Full again, you know, complete complete change. Uh, you got some AMG models like with the one five M one five six engine. That's the C sixty three. Again, a real game changer in terms of like, whoa, this is a this is a barnstormer of an of a of a Mercedes. Um, good size, I think it was the right size car. It it um it proportions are excellent. Looks really aggressive, um, but also looks looks really dainty in some angles as well. Interior was really was really quite nice. Yeah, I I, I thought a two hundred four. I remember when they came out, I was like, wow, that's a good looking car. Um, and and I thought they really they really nailed it with, with you know especially with the C sixty three and um, you know, after driving a, a two hundred four and spending a lot of time with a two hundred four, I drove one you know daily one for a few weeks and. Um, besides my my pocket being empty because I was the f- the fuel was, uh-huh. the, was 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 a lot to, to run it, it was a gr- it felt so solid and 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 right on the road and the engine was a masterpiece and um and you know I've dri- and I've driven you know like a, a C two fifty before uh, you know and that that was great to drive so um because people always said oh BMWs drive better BMWs drive better and then. Mercedes really took that in, took that to heart and said, "All right, we'll, we'll make a car that can take it up to BMW." And they they produced the 204. And uh, in all accounts, the 204 is a better car than than an, uh, like an E90, E92, um, uh, you know, chassis, um, chassis yeah. BMW. So um, better qualities, better put together, better built. For me, that's a, that's a massive yeah, definitely an absolute 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 deserved winner. Totally agree. Totally agree. Especially when you factor in the wagon. Oh, geez, they knew how to do a wagon. I sure did. Yeah, uh, and interestingly, built in nine countries around the world too. That car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really? that's a lot of places. Yeah, that's a lot of places, including India, Malaysia, India, um, Vietnam, Egypt, Brazil, wow. South Africa, China, Germany. So yeah, international car. Yeah, big time, and the South African ones, yeah, and German ones oh, as well, yeah. and German ones, Love yeah, all the AMG yeah. Ones. Yeah. Um I yeah, I remember when this car came out, really, really just I was surprised at just how good it looked. And I really, really want a W two oh so well uh, it's an S two oh four um uh, edition five oh seven C sixty three wagon. Like that that's like that's proper automotive pornography. That is just it's tough, flared guards, um, yeah, beautiful engine. Uh it just yeah. They know how to do a wagon, Scotty, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Even a standard 204 sedan has got pumped, yeah, wide guards, and Off. I actually see a lot of VE design in it, yeah, in a way, yes, uh, 100% from some angles, yeah, and uh, yeah, just so cool, Off. one of the best modern Mercedes, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, even non AMG versions are really nice, they're six cylinders, mm-hmm. were fantastic. Um, I got to test drive one that just had some little 
there's just some AMG bits and pieces on it, you know, like AMG rims and suspension and stuff like that. So it was a little bit, a little bit lowered. Um, in I think it was in in a red color. It was fantastic to drive. Yep. And that that six cylinder had quite a lot of go, quite a lot of poke in it too. So yeah, you don't need the AMG version to look good. They still look nice even in mid range. Yeah. I'd say it's more of a mid range model, this one. So yay from you, Scotty? Alan? Definitely a year from me. Um, having driven a C63 with the V8, oh, effortless power, lovely time. But as Scotty said, even the standard C-classes, they were, they were nice cars. And I think one of the great testaments to the design is, even though they are at this point, what, the oldest ones would be, what, 17 years old? Yeah, about that, yeah. It's crazy yeah. to think that's 17 years old, that car. <laughs> and the, you can still park one up and it looks modern. It does yeah. not look dated. That's exactly right. Yep. Um, you know, you put you park up a C63, that just looks absolutely wonderful. But even, you know, the standard ones, they don't look like uh, this is definitely an aging European car. It's like, no, this is a relatively modern car. It's nice. Um, just, just the, you know, the the design itself, it's it's hard to beat. Like, I see a lot of the newer designs and I'm like, nah, that, the, the 204, that's yep. where it's at. Um. <laughs> It's interesting you say that because like the 205 that proceed that that um that you know followed it really, I think it I don't think it's as good looking and I and I I think the I don't think it's aging well I think it's it's really just it's kind of like a nothing car whereas a as a 204 had different lines and angles and it still today looks good yeah sharp yeah it's absolutely nice suit last one for tonight we end up with something for David uh, 2008 was the Honda Accord Euro second generation. This car was a was was a big car, following on the success from the first Accord Euro, which was a bit stiff not to win car of the year, I believe. Um, it was it came really close from 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 my from my memory. Um, mm. The second one um, did everything the first one did. I don't think the second one was as good looking, and I know I know a few people on this podcast might agree with me. But in terms of technology and everything, it was a big step up. Uh, had a lot more in it. Uh, still great dynamically to drive. Still came with a manual gearbox you could get them with. Uh, which was lovely to use. Still that great K24. Still a good package for for not a lot of money. It was a BMW and not BMW pricing, if that if that made sense. And um, it and 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 with reliability, um, they 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 really they really nailed you know just the ergonomics and like interior wise, like they feel really nice and and to drive they're they're a cracking thing to drive. And I think I think you know as a platform uh, as a as a package, it's very hard to beat. And you know it was a it was a big it was a big gamble because. Um, you know, you, you're again like taking something that's really, really good from the previous one, and and doing another one. You know, you have to either either top yourself or people will forget. And they, and they in 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 ninety nine point nine percent of things top themselves on that car, um, ex- except the styling for me. But that was that's that's subjective. Um, it's not it's not that it's a bad looking car. I just don't. I just. I just think the the two hundred four, sorry, the two hundred four, uh, the, the the previous the previous uh, the, the CL nine was 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 the better looking was the better looking exterior wise. Um, yeah. However, as a package, um, they are great. I remember giving telling everybody when these were new, uh, who were after like that mid size car, you know, they they're looking for either a Camry or a Passat or, or 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 something like that. I would be like, buy the Euro, buy an Accord Euro. 
it is a cracking car. Um, and nine times out of 10, they always, they always did. Um, now, you know, this was a car when I, when I was still in high school that like I was in year, year, year 11, but, um, I, I remember seeing them and I was like, wow, that's the new Euro, you know, that, that's a really, really cool car. And I said, I said to, I said to anyone, if it's anything as good as the, the previous one, cause I, plenty of our family friends had them, um, the, the previous ones, but just update and then, and then they updated and then they got new one and they, they, a few of them had them until recently and then they bought something else. But, um, yeah, great car. Uh, David, seeing as you're the Honda guy, we'll get you first. <laughs> um, can I agree with what you said? Yeah, I think I'll agree. You know, I've driven, driven, driven plenty of them, uh, driven them long distances, great touring car. Um, there's probably, if anything, they're probably a better touring car than the CL9. Um, they sort of had a, they were a bigger car and they felt a bigger car and more planted on the road, I think. Although, I mean, the handling of their first, that we're talking, um, you know, incremental changes here because the handling of the first car was really good as well. Very good. Um, Styling-wise, I agree. It was. It wasn't to my eyes. It wasn't as um, a poor choice of words, but almost as petite as the earlier car. It was. It wasn't as finely um, styled. Um, where it did come into its own, though, which the model we didn't get in Australia was the the Accord Tourer. Yeah. The station of that. Uh, of that. Why car. didn't we get that? Like, like that's a, that's such a cool car. I can tell you exactly why we didn't get it because I had this discussion with the general, the um, managing director of Honda Australia at the time, oh, and yeah. I said, "Why don't you bring the wagon of the accordion?" Because he said, "No, it will it will eat in too much to the Odyssey sales. The Odyssey has been the seven seater." I said, "I don't think it would because they actually would be bought by different people." Yeah. So, I mean, the the, um, the Accord wagon so much nicer. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's not seven seat, but neither was the three series yeah, BMW yeah. wagon or the Benz wagon or the yeah. um or the Subaru wagons. I mean Subaru did pretty well with wagons through those mm-hmm. days. They did. So uh yeah, it was it was a I think a, not a great move by Honda Australia in retrospect. They should have bought the tour in of both of those cars. But yeah, yeah no, a good um uh, I think it was a worthy car the winner. Um, there was actually a comparison in, in um, wheels to the comparison in 2012, comparing 11 mid-size sedans, and, and this Euro still won that comparison. So that's, you know, four years after it was introduced, it was still yeah. good enough to to beat 11 or 10 other cars of that, that uh, size, so yep. uh, according to wheels. And then we're talking but, about wheels now. So. A question on this, David, is obviously they didn't want to eat into the sales of the Odyssey. Why were they selling two different types of Accords? Uh, because the um, the the larger the Homer one, the American-styled one. Was the one that no one likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, lovely silky V6 in them, I've got to say. They got a um, big V6, yeah. So yeah, we were the only market that got both those Accords badged as Accords. Uh, America got the, the what we got as the Euro. They got that as the Acura. Um, mm. But the uh, CL, it started with the CL9, and um, it was um, the Euro was such a good car and and sold so well for Honda here, and was so well received as a driver's car. That's why it was badged Euro. That we were the only country where it was badged Euro. Um, and um, but they they saw the volume in the you know the bigger luxury, um, softer sort of American designed uh, car that was built in Thailand that we could get. Most of them came in in metallic gold with um, beige interiors. Yeah, um, that says a lot about them. Yeah. I think they came in, <laughs> um, in, in grandpa spec gold. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, it was it was just to, just to give give both options, but yeah, they they wanted the Accord, the Honda Australia wanted the sporting car as well, the the more sports orientated car. So yeah, as a result, we ended up with both of them. So David, just to clarify, were we the only market it was called the Euro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but that, that's that's weird because like the the Euro R, which we never got, but which um which Japan got, that was that's good. right. So how did how does that work? <laughs> well. In Japan, that car wasn't called the, the Honda Accord Euro, and then there was an R model. So it was called okay. the Euro R because okay. it was more even sportier. It was all set up more. And and even in the previous model, Accord to, to the CL9, yeah. you could get a Euro R in that as well. That is true. Yeah. Some of those are filtering through now under the new regulations as far yeah. as the low-volume imports. There are two actually available on sale or car sales. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Um, stock like non-Euro R models cold in Japan? That's a really good question. I think that there was one just called Accord, mm-hmm. um, and the, so the larger was- one, the American-designed one, was called... Oh, I'd, have to, I'd have to check. I've got the brochures in the garage for them. Um, <laughs> there was the Sabre. One of them was the Sabre. Okay. Um, they had a few different, different names to differentiate them. Also, at the time, Honda in, in Japan was selling... Um, they had three different sort of outlets, if you like. So they sold different named versions of the cars through the different networks. So there was one that was concentrated more on smaller cars and there was only, you know, like one that you could get the K car ranges through and then if you wanted the more luxurious ones, you know, you'd go to a different outlet sort of thing. So Verno, Clio and... The the Primo. Yeah, Primo, Clio and Verno they were. Yeah. yeah. So did they sell the American version as the Inspire? Uh, that could be right, yes. Yes, that was another name that they, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've got to go yay on this, mm-hmm. mainly because the the uh, the previous Euro was Brilliant. such a success. <laughs> I owned one and I loved it uh, for, yeah, not, not a long time, but the, the time I drove it, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt, it, it's... It, handled like a small car mm. but it had yep. the power of a bigger you know 2.4 liter mm. all that and handled great and uh yeah the, the song doesn't do it much for me in the cu um chassis but yeah the subjective again but yeah the i think it's it's a really good um formula so tell somebody how good that car is because you know like i was at a, i was at the dealership a honda dealership and and he's like we just had a guy coming with a with a cl9 um, four hundred and fifty thousand Ks on it at Eastern Honda, uh, and, and and the guy was like, "Oh, do you want to update?" He's like, "Nope." <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, so they, they like the euros. Uh, that, that's that's yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, it's an easy yay for me. I just remember um, seeing once my neighbour got one. They were always getting Hondas, and they had Honda Legends mm. in the driveways, and then they. One of the cars, one of the Hondas, they got rid of and upgraded and got one of the uh, Accord Euros. And getting able to see that every single day was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. To be able to look at it, just look over and go, "Oh yes, they just look nice all the time. They're fantastic." Definitely yes for me as well. Um, when I was yeah, approaching to get my piece, that was actually one of the cars on the list uh, potentially to buy maybe a used uh, Accord Euro. Mm-hmm. I was um, quite keen on it. Um, I think the one thing that drove me away was at the time, 
I was hell bent on getting a rear wheel drive car for nefarious purposes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's kind of where I fell into the Falcon. That wasn't exactly the first choice of mine, but it was, you know, what it was. But uh, just the, like you said, the styling, yes, the previous generation was definitely better, but still it has, you know, great styling for the time. Again, you see one of them on the road, you know, it does, does not look as old as it actually is. Yeah. Um, they just look great, great engines. Um, and yeah, now that I'm learning about the, the fact that there's a Euro R, that's really, really interesting with the six speed manual. And mm-hmm. I think it was 168 kilowatts or something. Yeah. Hey, 20. That's, that's almost as much as 100, 2000. <laughs> so yeah, yeah like, pretty, Actually, pretty cool yeah, cars. The, cool um, the CL9 Euro R's are very cool. That's a bit of a sleeper. I mean, it just. Mm. It's hard to tell that it's not actually just a regular Aussie Aussie sold one, Aussie delivered yep. one. Um, but yeah, they're a hammer. They they rip. Uh, I think I think we'll leave it there to continue to be continued for next uh, next. I was going to say next lesson, like I'm talking to my students to next for next week. Um, it is uh, like you know, still with you, Maddie. I know. I'm back now. Uh, no no more holidays <laughs> for me. All right, guys. Let's crack straight into it. You know the rules: ten questions plus some bonus questions. I've also got some more of the, uh, you know, oh, the brochure uh, ones. The brochure questions. Yep. Oh, cool. So, 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 so they're they're back as well. Wait, do you have the brochure um, on you, or are you reading it from your? Screen? I'm reading it from. I've written them down. What, what they okay. all say. So, well, this chat would have a bit of an advantage there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's crack on, gentlemen. Question one. From mid-year 2024, Europe is mandating all new cars to be fitted with what? Chad. Chad. Euro 6 certification or something like that? Incorrect, Chad. Incorrect. Ah. I read this today. (laughs) Oh, David? David? Is it a GPS positioning system, like an anti-theft thing? Oh, it's... I can't give that to you, David. Alum. Alum. Is it one of those things that you, you take the car's metrics with, like in case you're breaking the law or something? Oh, no, I know what it is. Well, a, spy, a spy box, you know, you know what I'm saying. A spy box. Oh, it's not correct either. Oh, you guys <laughs> are so close. Really... It is, a... oh. Scotty. It's on a platter, Scotty. Is it just like a speed limiter? Oh, no, correct. No, no, it no. Is, I don't think you want it. It's a, it's a black box recorder. It's, it's a spy box. That's good enough. I guess you get half point for that. No, no, but oh, your I... intention was different with what you were going to do to it. You'll be caught speeding. You know, no, 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 no. That's not what it's about. It's about getting uh, well, the bonus question. Oh, well, you've just they've just taken the bonus. All question. right, oh, that's fine. Uh, so but that being said, that being said, if you think it'll be used for you know accidents and whatnot, David, then do you not think that they'd also use it for people doing other things? I think it's so. Like Facebook, Alan, you can use it for good or you can use it for bad. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, no, no, I'm saying that like whoever's <laughs> overseeing it <laughs> is getting access to what you're doing in your car. Unnecessarily, it opens up a big, big. All right, um, you, you get the point five. We get it. You get the point five. I will, I'll give you the point five. You fought, you fought for it. You fought for it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you. The bonus question: What does this do, um, David? You pretty much answered that. Uh, I'll give you the. I'll give you the point there. Um, it's it's basically it monitors vehicle data in any event of a crash, just to see um, how fast and and what was happening you were going with. Question exactly. two. So they can blame you and take you away, take your rights away. <laughs> You're going to get me on a soapbox over here. you got to fight for your right to party. Question two. The new Honda Civic RS is set to be released in what year? Chad. Chad got in there, yeah. Six. Incorrect. What, did he, what year did he say? 2060, he said. 
David. David. I think it's 24. Incorrect. Alum. Course, like, oh, Alum. <laughs> 25. 25 is absolutely correct, Alum. They said uh, it. Thank you, gentlemen. Even Bradbury takes the point again. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, being scheduled for 2025. It's really- basically it's basically production ready. It's their tail. So, so are we going to get that or no? Uh, I hope we do because it's come. It comes with a manual. So yeah, well, yeah. That's a very tasty little car. If you can't quite stretch to a Type R. Question three. Push the limits was the ca- the major caption. The new blank from blank pushes the limits of every single parameter of performance. The power plant, a 21st century evolution of the legendary Windsor V8, stroked to push out 250 kilowatts of seemingly endless thrust with 500 newton meters of torque. Each of these masterpieces being hand built with oh. Scott. Is this the TE and TS fifties. You are absolutely correct, Scotty. Well done. Good well work. done, Scotty. That's a good one. Okay. Uh, each hand built with the name of the artisan who who brought it to life. Uh, uh, that that was from the that's from the catalog. The artisan that brought them to life. To life. Yep. <laughs> just just molding it. <laughs> Question four. Staying with Ford. CEO Jim Farley says. Ford is perfectly happy being the last bastion of the what? David. David. Manual V8 sports car. Yeah, I'll give that to you, David. I'll give that to you. Um, the last affordable V8 sports car. Uh, I don't, they're not really affordable pushing 100 grand anymore. But... Yeah, I don't know how affordable they're talking about. Like, I mean, in CEO <laughs> land, yes, I'd say it's pretty affordable, but <laughs> in every man land, not so much. Question five. The all-wheel drive blank will change your view of small cars because it does things others cannot. It comforts you like a sedan with features like a five-speed gearbox, rack and pinion steering, and an AM FM stereo cassette. It moves you like a wagon with split rear seats that fold flat to accommodate those awkward loads. And with all-wheel drive, it grips the road like nothing else. David. Is it the Subaru Impreza? Incorrect. Just flick the four-wheel drive lever from that brings the shifts from two-wheel, uh, from front-wheel drive to all-wheel drive. So that's not a Subaru, David. It's, it's a bit different now. You couldn't find a better small car if you stood on your head. Oh, what a feeling. Ah. Alan. Alan. To the raffle. Incorrect. Uh, um, Scott. Scott. I wonder if it was the, the older Toyota Hilux. Incorrect. I think you, you guys are all out, aren't you? Mm. David, do you want to put them out of their misery? You, you're, ready, you're, ready, you're ready out, but you can put them out of their misery. But the Corolla um, SR5, or they came in two levels of trim, but the Corolla four-wheel drive wagon? Yeah, the, the Tercel, yeah. The, oh, oh, it was it had oh, Tercel, okay. had Tercel on the brochure, the earlier ones, but yeah, that, that's. Um, I, I would have given it to you for both. That's fine. Question six. With the capability of an SUV and the practicality of a hatch, this blank all-wheel drive lets you switch the, from the economy of two-wheel drive to traction or four-wheel drive whenever you need it. Priced from just $21,990, now you can afford the crossover where you'd rather be. I should give it away, the last line. What am I, guys? Who had that caption of like, you know, like, 
uh, you know, you, you'd rather it was rather be was the major caption. Uh, they had it for a while. It's a Naughty's car. Naughty's in the early two twenty tens. It went to. Oh, he might Wait, could, could, could you repeat that? The um, with, the, with the capability of an SUV and the practicality of a hatch, the blank all-wheel drive lets you switch from the economy of two-wheel drive to the to the traction of four-wheel drive whenever you need it. Price from just twenty one nine ninety, you can now afford the crossover to where you'd rather be. Alan. Alan. I'm going to go for the Suzuki SX4. You are correct. You you are absolutely yeah. correct. See, the, the only thing I was thinking about was um, for some reason the whole adventure. <laughs> But I was like, that's nowhere near 21, 990. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think that's full-time full-wheel drive, so. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, your, your, mom, your, mom had one. your mom had one. Yes. I bought it before. It was called the Crossover. <laughs> uh, you, you, you were you were pre-before pre it became non-cool. Yeah. Um, and the price actually dropped. So we bought it for like, I think, 27, which was the top spec model yeah. with the all drive. And then like the base model started coming with it for 22 or something. Yeah. Question seven. The reborn Mitsubishi Pajero is said to be based on the what? Alum. Alum. The Mitsubishi Triton? Incorrect. Ah, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> or Navara. <laughs> Navara. <laughs> uh, no, incorrect. Incorrect. Yeah, based on something. It's I tell you, it's based on a on a, on a Mitsubishi in their range currently. That's that's Triton, I swear. Chad? Mm. Yeah, can you add a bit more to that? I'll give you 0. 0.5. There we go. Okay, that's better. All right. Yeah. Um, so, so Outlander, I'll give you, uh, you know, I'll give it to you, actually. I'll give it to you. It's the Outlander plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. That's what they're basing it on. Wow. Yep. This is the second last generation Pajero. Okay. It's the, 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 the current, the current, the, it's the current, it's about to come out, the, the new, the new, Um. Uh, it hasn't come out yet. But that they're basically yeah, the, well. In what ways are based on? Is like it's going to have the same engine or drivetrain or like drivetrain on the chassis? Yeah, because I'm, the sh I'd imagine it's too small, right? Well, from, from all accounts, Russell Coit likes it, so that, that's all. That's all we need to know. Yes, <laughs> the Russell Coit mobile. Something tells me he's uh, you know sold out some all Aussie adventures. <laughs> <laughs> Question eight. Didn't he have a troopy in it? Sorry, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he had an 80 at one point as well. Um, it was very cool. Question eight. What car has just been recalled for the second time this month? David. David. Uh, I'll take a bit of a guess. Is it the Tesla Model 3? Incorrect. No. Alum. Alum. And this is Australia-specific, right? Australia-specific, correct. Yep. I think it's the um, converted F-150s. I was Absolutely. reading about this. Absolutely. Oh. Second time in just two weeks. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, that's that's another story. We'll get we'll get to that because uh bonus question, what for? Why is it being recalled again? Alan, I've got this. Alan. <laughs> it is a steering issue with the rack becoming loose, I think. That's the, no, that's the first issue that happened. Uh. <laughs> the second issue, which is where it's just being recalled. Wait, the, let somebody else yeah. yeah. I was gonna say before you say it. All right, I'm wrong. Do they spontaneously combust? No, they don't, David. They don't, oh, okay. unfortunately. Just um, I know it's it. It would have been quite funny, um, hmm. but but no. Um, oh. Scotty and um, Chad, you guys are still in. Is it, uh, some sort of transmission issue? Incorrect, Scotty. I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure if it. If I was reading once, it had something to do with um, 
we're now swapping them from left-hand drive to right-hand drive. Some kind of error, but I'm, I'm not sure exactly. I can't really say. It's a pretty big issue. It's the clock spring in the in the uh, uh, for the airbag and for everything. Yeah, so not good for it. You know, you, you, it's they're getting converted here. It's funny that all the converted ones that have been converted by other companies have been fine. The the ones converted by Ford themselves are having massive issues. Like, how, how does that even? I, I don't I don't understand how this happens. Um, I, I think it was it was being discussed. As, um, like, there is a few issues just with quality control when it's larger scale productions like these. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's um, the Ram um, uh, 1500s as well. Like, I thought a lot of them you need to basically get under them, check the alignment, check everything else because it's from the factory. It's um, just not where it needs to be. Like smaller boutique guys that do it, they obviously take care, but that also comes with a much bigger charge. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think you can't put a price on safety. No, completely agree. Question nine, Donald Trump, his Lambo Diablo VT Roadster that he owned from 1997 to 2001 just sold today at auction for how much in United States of America freedom money? Closest to? I'll give closest to. I'll do closest to. Uh, I'm going to say 1.2. 1.2, says Scotty. 1.2 mm-hmm. mil. Chad? Is this the this is the the white one that there's a photo of him filling it up? Is that the car? No, it's a, it's a it's a it's a different car. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm just gonna go 1.5. 1.5 mil. I'll go 950,000. 950. And uh, Alan. See, my question is, how much does the average Diablo go for? <laughs> um, I didn't think they were up to a mil. Uh, one million fifty thousand. One million and fifty thousand. Alum, you were closest. It sold for one point one million dollars. Jesus, is that is that what they're going for? Or is that the one just special? No, because that's, it had just, that's a guy with a toupee in it. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so, and the seats have been you know tanned as well. Just bring it out there. Um, <laughs> bonus question: What is so unique about it besides being Donald Trump's car? Obviously. Chad, Chad, has it got the orange tint on the interior? <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wish it did, but it doesn't, Chad. I'm not sure. David, I was going to say the color. Yep, you're spot on, David. It is the only 97 VT in Le Mans, uh, Limanis Blue. So, okay. so there you go. Um, question 10. We quite often talk about what's the best-selling new car of last year, but what was the best-selling used car of last year? Oh. In Australia? In Australia. Mm. Chad. Chad. Mazda 3? Mazda 3 is incorrect. That's a good guess, though. Mm. Alum. Oh, it's probably still going to be the same as the, the new selling cars, like Ford Ranger or something. That, or that Hilux, is, but I'll go that is Ford correct. They were the top two again. Top two used car sales as well as well. Top, top two new new car sales. They are, that is absolutely correct. The Ford Ranger beat the beat the Hilux by like 86 used car sales. Like, it was nuts. Uh, you can't get a new one. Just get an old one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, I think that's the car quiz. Jeremy, score check. Scotty and Chad on one apiece. David on three. And tonight's winner on a grand total of 5.5 is Mr. Alan Deep Singh. Well done. Yes. Well done, Alan. Thank well you. Thank you. That is a, I think that's a podcast, gents. Good chat. We'll have to finish this episode next time. It's a bit of a longer episode tonight, so we'll have to finish this episode next uh, next week. Plugs. Uh, David Prince has already had a great plug from, from Alan Deep Singh. I had a very good plug already. Thank you. Um, so you know you know where to find him. So well, season two has begun, I believe. So we should it has begun. Yes, thank you. Get on that. Yep. Absolutely. Uh Scotty's golf tip of the week. Buy a blade, yeah. I'm assuming. That, that's pretty much what it is. Make sure you get a car that can fit two golf bags. Simple. 
<laughs> Perfect. Done. Uh, Alan, where do you where can you find us? Uh, we are on. What are we on these days? Spotify, We're on iTunes, Spotify, iTunes, iTunes. wherever you get wherever you get your podcasting. <laughs> yeah, but most people just get on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, we yeah. are also on YouTube, so you can subscribe to us on. Um, Car Talk with Matty J on YouTube. Um, we've got some video content coming in the future, and we've got all well most of our um, previous podcasts going up. I think we won't have our kickbacks going up yet; they may be uploaded at a later date. But give us a subscription; we'd really appreciate it. Absolutely. Check out our merch. Go to Teespring store. Go to teespring.com and type in Car Talk store. Type in the merch there. Uh, merch, the merch there. Um, our Scamps shirts are up there. Um, our SS Commodore Utes up there. Um, a few other ones are up there. But they took down my Fiesta one that I made. They said it's um, a content concern. I don't like. I don't know why. Um, but so yeah. Too, too pornographic. It's it's just too it's too hot. Like let, let's be honest. It it was it was showing too much wheel. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, to figure out a way to get it back up there. But anyway, um, and check become a patron to a patron. Go to patreon.com forward slash car talk podcast, gentlemen. Honor as always. Love to see your work. Um, Chad, oh, sorry, Chad's deliveries as well. Don't, don't forget that. Chad's deliveries. Um, I'm on holiday for now, but resuming from next week. Uh, well, oh, no, a couple of weeks, I think. You're, you're having yes. you're having, you're having some time off, but we'll talk about that next time when, when, you, when you're back. Gentlemen, honor as always, and I'll see you next time. Take it easy. Catch you later. Uh, see you soon.